Welcome back, boys and girls, to week three of the college football SEC slate. Pick Your Poison podcast is back after a whew, spicy hot week. Coming in hot, this is your host, Rebs Bagman, off a 7-2 week. Yes, that is right. 7-2 on my tweeted out Instagram picks. That also didn't even include the Arkansas money line that we sprinkled late night. Pullman, I know you were just as hot as me. Personally, I went from down seven units to up four units. How did you do on Saturday? Yeah, we actually ended up very similar. Um, up 10 units on the day. Uh, seven and two record, that Hogs money line I gave out. Calling the Hogs was probably one of the smartest decisions I've ever made to this date. Honestly, one of my favorite college slates I've ever had. The games were kind of over early, so it was really like a celebration the rest of the night. Oh, yeah. I hope all our fellow uh, PYP listeners were out there indulging. And, you know, and hopefully you guys took the Hogs money line, too, because that is something that can save yourself for two weeks. Oh, a five-unit yeah. play is something you could harp on for a while. Yeah, having a—I mean, that was the biggest, I think, just pure money line. Like, I've maybe hit a parlay or something that had bigger odds, but just pure money line, a 17-point underdog hitting outright, that was, like, an incredible feel. Every time, like, it would get to, like, the end of the first quarter, I'd look up and be like, they're winning. I'd, it'd be halftime. I'd look up. They're still winning. I was like, at what point do I— come to the realization that like this actually could happen. Yeah, no, I remember several times you came up to me and almost said the H word, which oh, yeah. uh, probably would have resulted in a bloodbath on my side. Yeah, but um, I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a decent hedger when it comes to those kind of big bets. I'll, I'll sprinkle some on the last game if I have one leg of a parlay left. I'll sprinkle some on the opposite side just to cover my ass. But I, I thought the words, but I didn't speak the words, which probably spoke an Arkansas dub into existence. The not speaking spoken into existence. You're one billion yes, percent my, correct. My there. silence and 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 you know dumb brain coming in saying no, don't do this. Actually spoke loud enough to bring the Arkansas Razorbacks to a win. So that Mississippi State game was electric. Excellent end of the night. Um, the Rebs. We got to talk about the Rebs. Incredible overtime victory over Kentucky. Lane Kiffin, the best offensive mind in college football. The Ole Miss Rebels, the best offense in college football. Just racking up points all over the place. We don't even want to talk about the defense. It doesn't matter how bad your defense is when you can put up, I don't know, 50 points a game. Yeah, the point of the game is to score more than your opponents, and that's what we did. Elijah Moore right now is the number one ranked receiver in college football, according to Pro Football Focus. Matt Corral is the number one quarterback. Interestingly enough, uh, Mac Jones is number two. They'll be going against each other. And actually, if you look in ESPN, Mac Jones is number one, Corral number two. So just two Heisman candidates. Two Heisman candidates doing it out week week five and or week six. The, in the only SEC. thing about the SC, or the Ole Miss game on Saturday against Kentucky that I like regret kind of or wish would have changed was it's the exact same script as the Egg Bowl last year where Elijah Moore catches a touchdown like right at the end of the game. I wish he would have dog peed backed Luke Logan up an extra 15 yards, and then Luke Logan would have made the extra point to win because Kentucky's kicker missed the extra point at the beginning of overtime. That would have been full redemption for both Elijah Moore and Luke Logan for that to transpire, and it would have just been like full circle, you know, resurrection story that is the Lane Kiffin Ole Miss team now. Yeah, uh... I think, though, I would have preferred the dog piece uh, staying away from that. Yeah. Honestly, if we... <laughs> it would have been funny, but it would have been, like, pretty embarrassing We still. need to commemorate the Elijah Moore dog pee with the statue on campus, and then after that, it's never done again. Yeah, just, just have it a commemoration. Honestly, like, because I don't think Matt Luke would have gotten fired if he... Even if he just doesn't dog pee and if Luke Logan still... Just misses miss, a regular. Yeah, just a regular. <laughs> that was such a bad look for, like, the team and, and the way the program is going. 
that was more like pissed more people off in the Ole Miss program than missing the extra point and losing the Egg Bowl. That happens no matter like all the time. So I don't know. It was a fun week, big week money wise for us. We're gonna keep it rolling. We're not gonna let this slide off into nowheresville. We're not gonna regress to the mean. We're plowing through, coming back with another seven and two or even better week this week. Pullman, you want to get into some hot topics before we before we get into the lines? Yeah, let's let's do it. First, uh, we have topical poison. We need to figure out a way to spin zone this Lakers championship that's coming out. Yeah, Lakers uh, go up 3-1 last night over the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals. I've I said this back when the Grizzlies got eliminated from the playoffs when the bubble was in its infancy. This bubble championship does not count. Like this is ridiculous. There's no fans. The players were off for four months before coming back and playing meaningful playoff basketball. This is not how champions are crowned in front of no one in a gym in Orlando in Walt Disney World. Like, I get it. LeBron's going to count it, and, you know, it'll show on ESPN graphics. It'll be in the record books. But, good God, yeah, we've got to figure out a way to once and for all declare this an illegitimate championship. So I have some talking points for us to eliminate. I need this. One, of course, it was in a bubble. Mm -hmm. But we have some A's and B's off that. Uh, 1A, LeBron James's kids in the bubble too. They could have been drinking wine. A, let's see if we can stop this now. Let's call the police. Hey, well, they're smoking weed. We know that. We saw Bronny James Jr. smoking some weed. So, you know, bad dad for sure. I know laws are more lax in Orlando and Florida in general, but I feel like there's a way we can get him arrested before game five. Second, just c- come on. Like, Orlando, that's the bubble city location, not Vegas. Not anywhere where you can get in trouble too bad. Like, yeah. Eh, know about that one i do love that disney world has like that's the main logo on the court it's just walt disney world like getting a little little ad free ad there for hosting the the bubble this illegitimate bubble but yeah i don't know um what else is there anything else we can think of to make third third point and here's the best it's October. It's football season. I, if you care about basketball during October, yes. unsubscribe to this podcast yes. right NBA now. is summertime when it only has to go against meaningless MLB baseball. Don't give me M- NBA when there's NFL and college football on. I saw where the Friday night, whatever college football game was on, on last Friday, had, it was a shitty game. It wasn't even two good teams. Had more viewers, did better TV ratings than the uh, Heat-Lakers game, the NBA Finals game that Friday night too. Yeah, no, uh, it's not been great, which we do appreciate everyone not tuning into the NBA Finals, but we're going to need a little more. And honestly, uh, pick your poison listeners, we're going to need you to submit some uh, reasons why this is a fraudulent championship and uh, tweet it out to us, hashtag PYP LeBron's a fraud. If no one watches, does the championship even count? It's like, you know, the old adage, if, you know, a tree falls and no one's around to hear it, did it actually fall? Like, if no one sees the championship, does it even count? I agree. I think that's at least a good talking a starting point. So, I don't know. We'll figure it out as a, as a pick-your-poison community as how to take this championship away from LeBron whenever it does happen, probably in the next couple nights. Next segment. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. I'll go ahead and start. Sorry, not sorry. Cumberland University. Today is your one day where you get mentioned around the Twitter sphere once a year, anniversary of your biggest loss in NCAA football history, 222 to nothing. Cumberland University lost to Georgia Tech in 1918. The largest deficit, the largest loss ever. I'm pretty sure, I don't know about night football in 1918, but... I'm not even sure sports-wise, like, that might beat any sport point difference in a win. Yeah, I mean, good lord. Like, football, I guess you do, like, score the most... Like, I guess basketball, you score more points, but, like, having zero points and letting the other team put up a quadruple 50-burger is 
pretty impressive. Like that, that it's hard to lose that bad. What did you say they had thirty five turnovers? Uh, they had fifteen turnovers. My favorite stat of the game though is Georgia Tech's kicker went thirty of thirty two on extra points. Oh, so they they left some they left some they left out two there. points on the board. So would they take Kentucky's kicker? Oh, oh Lord, we were, <laughs> were going to jump into Kentucky's kicker later on, but. <laughs> Good God, Lane Kiffin was right. We need to send that man a Christmas present. Yes, absolutely. What's your sorry, not sorry? People say I'm a fair man and an honest man. My sorry, not sorry here to myself and Ole Miss fans. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you not going to get to play at home against Alabama this weekend and lose by 50? Yes, Ole Miss fans. It's on us this week. (laughs) We're not going to be able to watch the Rebels play. Probably going to be a rain out. Probably going to be played later in the season where Bama's going to beat us by 70 instead of 50. But you know what? It's okay because that Kentucky win still happened. In spin zone, it's another week where we did not lose a game. That's true. We can ride the high of Kentucky even more. But I don't know. I think the game, they'll figure out a way to play it. They'll, you know, they're not going to lose money on all this. They're not going to lose Bama getting another win to, to vault them their way into the college football playoffs. So I don't know. I think they'll figure it out. But, yeah, it's going to be tough with that hurricane bearing And down. also a little uh, reverse psychology there. Last week, my sorry, not sorry, team won. Mm. Uh, LSU, so maybe I'm just trying to Ooh. psych up my guy Lane Kiffin right here. I like here. it. He's definitely going to listen. listener. Yep, absolutely. Shout out Lane. Uh, but yeah, now let's get straight into our picks for this week. Juicy Slate, Juicy Slate, SEC, and honestly, outside the SEC, there's a couple good games, which there haven't been. We might touch on at the end, but you know what we tried and true. SEC Slate, kicking it off, 11 a.m. on the SEC Network, South Carolina at Vanderbilt, Vandy, a 13-point home dog with an over-under of 41-and-a-half. Pullman, what's your read? Yeah, uh, I've seen too many South Carolina Vandy games in my day where Vandy's playing well, and it looks like they might have a chance to knock off a South Carolina team that's not as impressive as the rest of the SEC. Wrong. Vandy's dead. They're a corpse. South Carolina's going to go into Nashville, roll up this game 21 points by half, win by 35 uh, Muschamp, he'll take care of business here. I know we like to dog See, on Muschamp. I think he's actively trying to get fired. You do? Yes, he's tired of being at South Carolina where he's got to deal with Clemson. He's, you know, it's COVID, so he's probably going to get a fat buyout. Like, I don't know. I think he's I think he's given up completely, and he's just like, I'm just going to swan song this thing out of here, Houston nut style. That man enjoys sex too much to not win this game. <laughs> We're right back on our bullshit. Yeah. We have one positive week where we don't talk about any anything Will Muschamp sex-wise. No, but Will Muschamp... He's been fired. This would be his second job to be fired from as a premier Power 5 t- program. I don't think he's going to get another job for a while if he gets fired from this one. So I definitely he's, see this. He'll go back to where he belongs as a defensive coordinator for an SEC program. Oh, God. Hey, there's going to be several of those open after this year <laughs> after Ole Miss keeps putting up 42 on everyone. That's true. I, uh, I, this is tough for me. I don't have a great read. I'm going to take the home dog. Give me Vandy. I know you just said they're dead, but a 13-point home dog when the over-under is 41 and a half. That's a really low total, so with a big spread there against the spread with Vandy at home, I don't know, it's 11 o'clock, it's going to be weird. South Carolina's not any good, they've already given up basically. Give me Vandy, stingy defense, keeping it close, I don't know if they can score, but hey, give me the 13 with a low total of of 41, I I hope they keep it within 10. Next game, a little switch up here, 11 o'clock game, originally uh, supposed to be played in Tiger Stadium. Missouri was going to go to LSU. However, due to uh, Hurricane Delta, this game will be played in Columbia, where LSU will be a 14.5 point favorite over under 54. No, uh, no listed yet what channel guy it's going to be on. But I see uh, 11 o'clock on ESPN. Oh, okay, awesome. Well, 
ESPN 11 o'clock game. What do you like here? So this one's pretty easy to me. I'm the over-under king. Over-under king here. Bagman. I think I've only lost one over-under on the year. LSU put up a bunch of points against Vandy last week. Defense, not great. We saw them struggle against State in week one. Missouri, Bama could have scored a million points on them week one if they wanted to. And then they gave up a pretty good amount of points to a not very good Tennessee offense. They gave up like 37 to Jared Guantanamo Bay in Tennessee. So I'm taking the over here. I love LSU. They're going to be spreading the ball around to all their athletes. Missouri's defense is trash. On the opposite side, Missouri's quarterback's pretty good. They've got a few weapons. I think they, they can score a little bit with, with LSU here. The line was 20 when it was in Baton Rouge, down to 14 now that it's in Columbia. That's a little too wonky for me with all this travel going on. But I will take the over. Give me all the points in an early 11 o'clock game in good weather, not in the middle of a hurricane. Yeah, uh, I'm going to take LSU here. Ed, same reason. I don't know a player on Missouri. I will refuse to learn any of their names until they win a game. <laughs> Eli Drinkowitz. You're telling me their performance last week didn't like inspire didn't, you to it, learn any of their names? Their their box score inspired me not even to watch the highlights <laughs> from the game. I can't believe I bet on them last week, but I really like LSU. I still think they're going to get that funk from week one loss to state. 14 points against a Missouri team. Like I said, I don't know any of your names, but I know you're not talented either. So uh, give me also, LSU 14 and a half on the road. The only Missouri... I mean, I know the coach, but his name is Aliyah. What kind of a name is Aliyah? I can't bet. I mean, betting on a guy named Aliyah just sounds like a bad idea. Yeah, I think we've been pronouncing his name cooler than it actually has been for the last year. Yeah, Elijah is a pretty cool name. Aliyah sounds like you're like a Mormon or something. Yeah, and actually, I'm going to say this. I'm going to keep calling Elijah until he wins a game also. <laughs> I won't learn his name either. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You just never learn anyone on Missouri at all. I like that. I like that. Well, let's run right into our next game. Florida at A&M, another 11 o'clock ESPN game. So, I don't know, that LSU might not be on ESPN. But, anyways, Florida at A&M. Florida is a six-and-a-half-point road favorite over under a 57, Pullman. What's your read here? Yeah, give me Florida. Give me the Kyle to Kyle connection still. Florida's a covering machine right now. They're an offense machine. Uh, over under 57, I like it, but I don't like it with Kellen Mond at quarterback for A&M. Unimaginative. I think A&M can try and keep it close, but with the spread being less than a touchdown, it doesn't matter if they're going to keep it close. It just matters realistically if Florida's going to be a one-possession or two-possession team at the end of the game. And I think Florida, honestly, two to three possessions over A&M. This line should be something more close to 13.5 in my opinion. I haven't been impressed once with A&M. Give me Florida all day. Yeah, I saw that line, and I had a quadruple take because I did not you know, I did not think it would be that low. That's way too wonky of a line for me to touch here. AM's backs against the wall. Jimbo Fisher feeling a little bit of a hot seat. I know, I mean, can you even fire Jimbo Fisher's $75 million contract? Like, can you physically fire that man and pay that buyout? I guess AM with the amount of money they have. Not, they not with what oil's trading at right now. That is now. true. That is true. I think they were giving away oil like a couple months ago. But yeah, that that line was too wonky. I, I loved Florida too much. I couldn't take it. So I'm going to go under here. I think AM's defense is pretty solid. I know they allowed Bama to throw up a million on them, but I think their defense is solid at home here. Jimbo's backs against the wall. Their whole team's backs against the wall. Florida riding in a little high, and let's think about who Florida has played so far. They played an Ole Miss team whose defense just allowed 41 points to Kentucky. So let's not act like Florida scoring 50 on Ole Miss is that big of an accomplishment. And then they played South Carolina, whose defense also is not very good. I don't know. I, I think Florida... Has a very good offense, very efficient, but I think AM's defense is strong enough at home here with their backs against the wall. 57 is a high number. This is 
I'm pretty sure Florida's <laughs> total has been for 57 all three games. I've taken them the first two over, but I'm reversing course here. Under here, under, 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 Florida A&M. Awesome. Uh, next game, 2.30, CBS game. Tennessee travels to Athens to take on Georgia. Georgia's a 12-point favorite at home. Over, under set at 43. Slight chance of rain here due to the hurricane, but I think this game will be more clear than the others. Yeah, Bagman. I think it'll be okay in Georgia. Um, yeah, this, uh, like all Tennessee games, I flip back and forth a thousand times on this total, on this line. Call me Ray Allen. I'm flipping back and forth. I don't know. I originally wanted to take Tennessee. I think this is, you know, Georgia plays Bama next week. I, th- I thought they could maybe be looking ahead to a bigger game next week, while Tennessee, this is kind of their biggest game of the year, so they'll be fired up for it. Georgia looked really good against Auburn, maybe a little bit of overreaction, but I think Georgia knows that, and Kirby knows that, the game against Bama doesn't decide their fate. they got to take care of Tennessee at home here. If they don't take care of Tennessee at home, they might not even make the SEC championship. they still got Florida ahead. They have got to f- stay focused on Tennessee. And then the Bama game, I think, is a little you know less important to them in their long-term goals. They can still lose to Bama and make the college football playoff. So I think they're super focused here. Kirby's going to have them dialed in against Tennessee. He, he sees Tennessee kind of creeping in on their territory of t- atop the SEC East. He's going to go for the jugular. I think Georgia, I don't think Tennessee scores more than 10 points. Give me Georgia, lay in the 12 and a half. I know it's a, it's a, the same thing I said about Vandy, where it's a low point total of only 43 with a kind of a big point spread ATS at 12 and a half. But I'm going to lay the 12 and a half because I literally don't think Tennessee can score against this Georgia defense. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, my one issue is I think Georgia could do one of those things where they are up by 10 and they just kind of roll over and end the game, kind of what they did against Notre Dame last year. Mm-hmm. I like the under of 43 here. I think I agree with you 100%. If I can get a team total bet, I'd take the under on Tennessee, whatever it's set at, as I think long it, as it's I think less they, than 11 points. I think they're in single digits. Like I, I don't I, think they crack double-digit points totals here. I think Tennessee's team total is going to be set at 14. Yeah, exactly. it might be set, but I don't think that, I don't think they score more than you're, into double digits. You're correct, and uh, that's the reason I'm taking the under. I And like I said before, I, Georgia likes to do this thing when they get up, just kind of in the game. Tennessee's offense, impressive everywhere but quarterback. Probably one of the best offensive lines in the country. Uh, so Cade Mays revenge game. I didn't think about Cade Mays revenge. revenge game. Garantano just does not get rid of the ball, does not make the smart decisions. It's insane that a guy – that we have two quarterbacks in the SEC right now between him and Mond who have been along this long that still cannot make plays or the right reads. You can throw a freshman in, they'd probably do better. Give me the under 43. I think this is one of those 28 to 3 games. I like that. I like that pick. That's a, I mean, that's a you're really, you know, in a college game, a 43 point total is super low. The only thing I could see Oh, I'm a glutton for punishment with this game. Yeah, oh, if you get a score in the first like 5 minutes, it's done. It's over. The only thing I could see you screw it, screwing you in this game is a classic Guantanamo Bay pick 6 by the Georgia defense. He might throw two of those. Pick sixes kill over unders. So that, that or a fumble return for a he holds the ball. Yeah, too he's long. gonna get sacked yeah. five times at least. So yeah, I'm on Georgia here. Pullman on the under. I don't know. Let's ride it together on that 2:30 CBS game. What's our next one? Ole Miss hosts Alabama five o'clock by Hemingway Stadium. Bama 24 point favorite over under currently set at 70. Been a ton of line movement on that. Can you get us some more information there? So, yeah, it opened up at 78 points. Huge points total here with both these offenses firing on all cylinders. Then, as the week progressed earlier this week, 
People saw Hurricane Delta moving in. It's going to be on top of Oxford, Mississippi around Saturday afternoon. So people have been hammering that under. It got down to as low as 68, I think. So that's a full 10-point swing. Crept back up to 70 now with people thinking that it might get moved to a time in which both these offenses can be slinging the ball all over the field. So keep you know keep that in mind when these picks. We don't As of now, the game is going to be played at 5. We don't have all the information. As soon as we do, I have sources inside the Ole Miss program that have told me that as soon as they know, they will let me know. So make sure you're following Pick Your Poison to get the latest information on this game. But as it stands now, your sources I, being a janitor who used to sell you shitty weed doesn't mean that they're uh, good sources. Hey, though. hey, that guy has is moved up the totem pole to director of janitorial services. So. Oh, okay. Congrats, Steve. Exactly. But no, uh, even where it stands now, I'm taking the Rebs plus 24 here. Like Bama's. Got a coming off a big game, big win against AM. Looking ahead a little bit, look ahead spot with Georgia coming to town next week. I don't really think Saban hates Kiffin. I take that a lot of into consideration when I think about Bama games. Does he hate the opposing coach? He hated Jimbo last week, so he destroyed him. I don't think he really hates Kiffin. I think they're kind of friendly. I don't know. I could see Ole Miss putting up enough points. I think Bama gets up early. Pretty big, maybe 28 points, but this line is so big that if Saban ever takes his foot off the gas late in the game, Ole Miss has enough firepower to be able to backdoor cover this. So I love Ole Miss catching 24 here. I don't usually take the Rebs, but this line is pretty juicy. I like a lot of different angles here. Give me the Rebs and the 24 at home. Yeah, uh, here I'm going to take the over 70. Uh, with the clarification on this one, I think this game's going to get moved, and if it does, it's going to be later in the season, so this bet will be void. Or it'll get moved up to Friday night when it'll be clear and all eyes will be on Ole Miss. You know that's Lane Kiffin's wet dream. Oh, yeah. He would love nothing more than put up 50 points, even in a 20-point loss to Bama here. Uh, give me the Rebs. Or, excuse me, not the Rebs. Give me the over 70 points galore. And if the game's played Saturday during a monsoon, I'm sorry I lost you guys money, but hey. It is what it is. Uh, how many trick plays do you think Kiffin has up his sleeve to pull out against Saban? I think every play might be a trick play. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I kind of hope it is, honestly. Like, just screw it. Onside kick it every time. Uh, we better do at least two onside kicks. Like, not at the end of the game. Like, going into the game. Like, lead off the game with an onside kick. I want to see a play where we, we have two QBs a lot, two punters out there. I think Lane can get creative with just that. Just freak them out. Saban will, I want Saban to have no idea what's going on at any moment in time of this game. But, yeah, it's going to be fun. Hopefully they'll figure out a way to play it this week and not have to move it to some other crazy time later in the season. But as of now, it's slated to play, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun one in Oxford. Moving into our next game, we have the 3 o'clock on SEC Network, so going up against that Tennessee, Tennessee-Georgia game. Arkansas traveling to the Plains in Auburn. Arkansas is a 14-point underdog at Auburn with an over-under of 47.5 points. Pullman, the Gus Bowl, what do you think? Oh, God, am I going to have to do it to y'all again? Oh, no. Woo! Big Suey! Razorback! Give me the hogs all day, catching the 14, and give me the money line, too. Oh, this my God. This game is too juicy. This game right here is where Arkansas comes out, and everyone next week is going to be like, do they have a shot maybe to win the West? Maybe? Knock it out two perennial powers for this year? I'm putting state in quotes right there. Do not, yeah, do not use perennial power when they're coming off a state victory. Gus Malzahn usually loves to beat the hell out of Arkansas. Why is that? Is it's, he? He's been linked to the Arkansas job every step of his but career. But he's, you would he's think from like, Arkansas. Yeah, he, I believe he's from Little Rock. But um, I think this is one of those revenge games that goes awry for Gus. I think he's looking ahead. Well, double revenge game with Chad Morris, too, as the OC. Chad Morris is the OC. There's a lot of hate on this Auburn side to the Arkansas side, but I still think Arkansas is just going to play a traditional SEC game. 
ugly, trying to win with 21 points. I don't believe in Bo Nix at all right now. He looks lost out there. He looks like a guy who's going to lose his starting job and is going to be starting at a Conference USA school in two years. Mm. So give me the Hogs. Give me a money line. Give me him points. Absolutely love it. Bagman, where we're, you at? We're head-to-head here, Pullman. This is the first head-to-head of the week. I'm laying those 14 with Auburn. Huge overreaction game from people seeing Arkansas pull out the, the big upset over State last week. I don't consider that a big upset because that game was, you know, we, we told you how to beat Mississippi State on this podcast. Arkansas just followed the script. I'm not that impressed. Auburn did get blown out by Georgia. But they're back home. Like I said, double revenge game. Gus Malzahn always kicks Arkansas's ass. Chad Morris, the Arkansas coach last year, got canned. He would want to score a million points if he can on them. I don't think Sam Pittman and Arkansas have enough talent. Felipe Franks, I'll say it again. Last week, he didn't do enough to win. Their defense just played well enough to win. He still stinks to high heaven. Auburn's going to lock down them on defense. I got this. I saw the line come out at 16 and a half to start the week. I jumped on it then. I took I was that confident. I took him at 16 and a half. It's down to 14. I'm doubling down, quadrupling down on this. Is there you want to do a little head-to-head bet here? Can we can you think of anything you want to do? Should we bring out the dog kennel? Dog kennel bet. I love it. We haven't done it in a while. Loser of this has to it's against the spread only for the yes. 14. Uh, loser's got to do the Arkansas segment from the dog kennel next week. Yep, it's going to be electric. And when Pullman is lo- having to be locked in the kennel, I'll be sure to tweet out a pic from the from the podcast account as he's being inserted into the kennel like the little dog that he is. Look, if I'm calling the hogs from the kennel next week again, fine. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do it live. <laughs> uh, that'll be so freaking funny. But hey, uh, let's jump right into our last SEC game. Mississippi State at Kentucky, 630 on SEC Network. At Kentucky. the infamous Kroger Field. Kroger Field Second at night. Second hardest place to play in the SEC. Kroger Field at night. That's going to be tough. Kentucky minus two, over under a 57 and a half. Pullman, what do you think? Give me the cats. Give me the under. Absolutely love both this plays This is a here. consensus quake. The, I didn't even know your picks, but I could read it off your mind. Mm-hmm. The way Arkansas's defense handled State, Kentucky's D.C. is a good coach. He's going to be take that game plan to a T, run that exact same thing with better players all around, a better defensive tackles, uh, better back-end coverage. Uh, you didn't see it much last week. I think Kentucky just really holds, honestly, State to less than 21 points, and I see this as kind of a 31-21 win or a 21-35 to win, something like that. Kentucky wins easily, gets their first win of the year. I mean, like you said, Kroger Field at night, they're expecting more fans this week than they have prior I don't. I think this could be a really bad stretch for uh, Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember us looking at their schedule going forward. There's not a lot of wins left on that schedule, and I think if they lose to Kentucky, stuff could really start to go downhill. Give me the Cats. Give me the under. Yeah, I love. I love both those picks too. This is a Kentucky team 0 and 2 on the season, 0 and 2 against the spread. Backs against the wall at home in Kroger Field at night. They're going to be. This is an all or nothing game for them. They have got to come out for, with a win. Mississippi State. A little fat and happy. They, you know, they already have a big win on the season, so I think they're okay. People have figured out Mike Leach's offense already. It's already been exposed as a fraud. And Kentucky, like I said last week, they really like to run the ball. They had like a million rush yards against Ole Miss, but that's their bread and butter is to just run the ball, pound the clock. Don't they? Don't, definitely don't want to give it back to State and Costello. Um, so they're going to be running it all day. This under is going to hit a 57, and Kentucky's going to win. I agree, Pullman. This is a consensus quake. I really love Auburn, but I really love this Kentucky bet, too. Kentucky's going to be my lock of the week here against State at home, only giving up two points. Yeah, and uh, one last thing I want to drop on this game. Mike Leach 
spent a lot of time in Lexington. I think he's got a lot of ties up there. I think this is one of those things where he's, you know, he, he gets a little fat and happy on the phone and start talking to people, not really do a game plan. I think he's going to be talking to a lot of people this week and not really coaching. So I throw in Mike Leach's stupidity there too and ability to get distracted. This game screams Kentucky in the under. He would drive me crazy if I was a fan of his team. Like if I, yeah, if I had to watch his post game press conferences, his like next week press conference after a bullshit loss like they just had, I would want to fire him immediately. I wouldn't be, I would just not be able to watch him. But that's the SEC slate, boys and girls. We got a couple more games though, just for your spicy pleasures. Six thirty at night on ABC, the SEC, uh, the ACC showdown, Miami traveling to Clemson. Clemson's a 14-point home favorite with an over/under of 63 points. Ooh, that, that's a lot of points there. What's your uh, What's your read, Pullman? Yeah, I really like Miami here. I think it's too many points. I think Miami's shown that they are back. The U is back, unironically. Um, so Texas, I'm sorry. Deer and King, uh, Miami has been running all over people, throwing all over people. I really just think this early in the season, Clemson's not always clicking. If you're going to give me two touchdowns against a team that's impressing me this much as Miami has, I'm going to take it. Yeah, I might have to fade you here, Pullman. Clemson is 0-3 against the spread so far this year. I think they really have been just kind of figuring themselves out still. And this is the first game they're actually going to be fired up for, a night game in in you know in Clemson at their Death Valley, the BS Death Valley, with a big-time program coming, the number seven team coming into your house. I'll lay the 14 here with Clemson. I'll even – you know what? Just because I think it'll be a fun game, I'll take the over of 63 as well. Miami, Derek King, they can score some points, but Clemson's going to be more success on the offensive side with Travis Etienne and, and Trevor Lawrence slinging it around the field. I actually have one more special little one here, another ACC spicy game. Vatek, number 19th ranked Vatek, traveling to North Carolina. North Carolina ranked 8th in the country right now. North Carolina's a 4.5-point home favorite. You got a read on it? Absolutely not. I only cared about that first game because both teams ranked in the top 10. I think North Carolina's a fraud. Yeah. Uh, they're fake powder blue. Get rid of that crap. Don't care. Fire this game to the sun. <laughs> yeah. I, so Virginia Tech had, I think, 20 players the past two weeks ineligible because of COVID. I don't know how they've strung together games with 20 players out ineligible or not being able to play because they're sick. They're finally getting healthy now. They've got herd immunity in that locker room. Still won the last two weeks. Looked good doing so as well. Going into North Carolina, I think it's a little overvalued. Give me the underdog here. I'll take Vatek and the four and a half. That's an early uh, 11 o'clock on ABC. So that's the slate for this week. It's going to be a fun one. Hopefully the hurricane doesn't cause too much disruption in the Southeast with all of our SEC games. Pullman, you got anything else before we sign off? I just say this. Be ready for some rain. Be ready for some football. Well, that's it for this week's podcast, boys and girls. Tune in next week. And until then, by the time you listen to this, only two more dreams until football. Drink your cranberry juice. <laughs> <laughs>